that uh, maybe on Sunday some people just don't care about because they're visiting their guests. They're not really sure they're connected. So it gives us a chance to kind of talk about some family business. Um, I don't really script what I'm going to say. I just kind of share. If you guys have questions, ask them. If you have comments, you can make them as long as they're gracious. And we'll either uh, handle it here or I'll tell you I don't know and I'll get back to you or we can talk about it. If it's not appropriate for the group, then uh, I'll answer your question afterwards. So, again, the point is for us as a family just to get on the same page with things. Um, I have a good bit I want to share, so I'm just going to kind of move through it. If you have questions or comments, you can interrupt me um, as we go. Associate pastor, we finally hired somebody. Brandon Scarborough. He's going to come up and introduce himself in a second. Many of you know him. Just give you a little bit of background. It was 23 months. I went back and looked at my journal from the first time I brought it up till when we finally made it the hire. So you can either say, we don't know how to make decisions or we're careful. I think it was we're careful. You know, we took our time as a group. Uh, we interviewed a good number of people over the course of many months. We had some great candidates, but there wasn't a perfect fit. We had some guys that really wanted to be an associate pastor, but we didn't know them. They were, they lived in New York or in South Carolina. We, we didn't know, want to, it was a big deal for me, and I would have never known if they wanted to be a part of our church or if they were just here because we were paying them to. And we had guys who were part of our church who were wonderful, but their primary calling wasn't to be an associate pastor. They wanted to plant churches or be uh, senior pastors or something like that. And they were, again, wonderful guys who had done a great job, but we just never really found that perfect fit and so we just we waited if y'all remember last spring I stood up and said we're just going to wait and we needed to do some stuff for our kids with that expansion and over the course of that waiting I feel like we got a perfect fit and one of the things that came out of the time when we were waiting we actually changed the job description when we first started it was all adult based helping me on Sundays with speaking small group leadership development assimilation all of these components that are important for us, but over the last four or five months, one of the things we've realized is we, we need to do something with our students. We've got this wave of kids over the next 15 months who are going to move into student ministry. We've got students now. Uh, we've, got, we've had wonderful volunteers for three years taking care of our students, and we've just realized it's become more than a volunteer role. The nature of student ministry, it's just it's hard to do when you've got a full-time job and a family and other responsibilities, and the guys we've had have been tremendous. We just felt like it was time for us to move in, into a different direction and bring somebody on who could devote some more time to it, and Brandon is a perfect fit. He can do adults, and he can do kids, and I think for me, that was really what cinched it, was his gifts and our needs lined up perfectly. He's been here for a long time. Y'all heard him preach multiple times. He's led several small groups um, successfully. The want-to thing for me is totally, that box is checked. As a leadership team, we spend a lot of time talking to him, praying, talking to one another, and the six of us, me, Penny, Kim, Brandon Hutchins, Al Otto, and Peter Tompkins, we all came to agreement it's the right thing to do, and now is the right time to do it. So uh, his primary responsibilities, starting off, he's going to start sometime in the summer, maybe mid to late June, when he finishes up his other job. His primary responsibilities are going to be small groups, small group leaders specifically, small groups and student ministry, and he's going to kind of ride both sides of that fence for a while. In terms of 
again, y'all have all heard him if you've been here on Sundays. He's led small groups successfully from the student perspective. He was a teacher at Lasseter High School and was instrumental in their FCA. I think when he started, they had a couple of dozen kids, and by the time he was done, they had a couple of hundred kids. We're not going to have a couple of hundred kids, and that's, we're not putting that on him at all. I'm saying that for those of you that have students. He knows what he's doing, and we've got somebody who's going to do well with our students. So, Brandon, why don't you come up for a second? You can, we'll have an awkward microphone trade. No. <laughs> well, this, this is uh, absolutely humbling and absolutely, uh, I can't tell you how excited I am. I was telling Molly that the best thing is if this is my midlife crisis, she's okay. It doesn't involve a red Corvette or going to the beach. or So it's uh, I'm excited about this. I've been doing education for 18 years now, and uh, 18 great years, fantastic years. Um, and I know this. This is kind of the, the conjunction or confluence of about three different roads converging. It's, it's the educational involvement with students. It's ministry. And it's uh, the grafting of my heart into uh, the Marietta community. Like a lot of you who married into Marietta Dum or whatever you call it. It's, I started off, I married in, and, and I'm from Shambly, the, the Dunwoody area. Um, I'm sorry? Are you there? You, Shambly. <laughs> it's inside the moat. Don't worry about it. It's, it's still inside civilization. So I'm from the Shambly Dunwoody area. And... I, when I, we got married five years ago, five wonderful, blissful years ago, June 3rd, 3rd, fantastic. When we got married five wonderful years ago, I was resistant. I wanted to live next to my mom because I'm that guy, and I love my mama. And, and if you do, that's good too. But I wanted to live next to my mom, and so I kind of resisted and pushed back against Marietta. And um, slowly over time, my heart has just been fully, full-on engaged and brought into uh, this city, these people, and especially uh, this church and this congregation. And um, David and I are going through this process. I added this up the other day also. David and I actually dated longer on this decision than I dated Molly before we got married. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll back him up when saying this is not a, a light decision. This is a, uh, this is a, major, uh, a major call, and I couldn't be more excited and, uh, and humbled to do it. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. If y'all have any questions, anything, y'all can see Brandon about that. Y'all tell him you're glad he's here before y'all leave tonight. When are you starting? You, are you a hugger? That's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> you got somebody in between. I'm just glad for my sake that we've kind of balanced out the scales. We needed a little more testosterone in the office. We're estrogen heavy, and so it's... Uh, it's a, it's a plus for me. Are you a crier? Are you a crier? <laughs> Perfect. That's good. All right, let me uh, share a few things with y'all uh, and I'll get y'all out of here. Past uh, month or so, one of the things that's kind of been stirred in my heart, one of my favorite books is called The Shaping of Things to Come. I've read it three or four times. It's written by two um, missionaries from Australia, and they're talking about the future of the church in the West, and Australia is ahead of the United States in terms of where they see Christendom going, uh, or you could say behind things. The church in Australia is really in shambles, and they see that coming, 
to every culture in the West because of some shifts, uh, things going on. It doesn't matter. But they have this picture. They're talking about these ranches in Australia, and they're huge. They're in the outback. And rather than building fences, you could use a fence, but it'd be superfluous. You could have your sheep in a fence. You still wouldn't be able to find them because your land is so large. So what they do is they sink wells and figure it's dry, it's dusty, the sheep are always going to be near where these wells are. And that image has kind of, God's kind of used that to dig something into my heart for what I think he's saying to us as a people. This is a atmospheric or a cultural type deal. It's not necessarily anything we're going to do differently. But the thing I feel like he's saying to us is we need to become a well, corporately and individually. You know, the Bible says individually we're temples of the Holy Spirit, collectively we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John 7 that if anyone believes in him, streams of living water will come, will pour forth from them, and by that he means the Holy Spirit. And so my desire for us, and I think it's what God would have for us, is that collectively, so Sunday morning with our adults, with our kids, with our students, small groups, and individually with us out kind of living our lives, that we would see ourselves as these wells, these depositories of living water. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to you or, or not, but that's one of the things we've been praying as a, um, a staff over the last month, is that God would, would sink wells here among us and in us, that we would recognize that's who we are. And there are a couple of pieces of that. One is to become people who pray. And I don't know what that means for you. You know, we have uh, corporate prayer here on Tuesdays, and honestly, it's not very well attended. I don't come most of the time. It's difficult when you've got Sundays and then you're in a small group and soccer practice and all these other things to try to figure out well, what am I supposed to do with this. And I'm not saying that we all need to come to corporate prayer. I think we're trying to figure out what does it look like for us to value prayer as a people and for us individually to value prayer. And then worship is the second component of that. So if prayer is asking God to get involved, worship is making him feel welcome. And on Sundays we're, we're trying, Bo and Les and the guys are doing a great job of trying to help train us, teach us how to worship, cultivate a, a, a culture of worship and honor in our congregation. And honestly, it's difficult in this little bitty room. Somebody sings too low or too loud or, off, you know, you can't go to the other side because you're going to hear them over there too. You know, it's, there, there's no, it's difficult in a small place to figure out, you know, if I, if I raise my hand, am I knocking you in the nose and how does all that work where we can feel free to express what's in our heart to the Lord and where my freedom doesn't keep you from expressing your heart to the Lord? We're trying to grow in all of those areas, but I do think it's important for us as a people to say we're going to try to value prayer and worship maybe more than we have in the past. I'm not saying what that looks like programmatically. I don't know that that's the deal. I think it's more of a heart commitment from all of us as family to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't know if you pray for Stonebridge. If you do, I'd say pray for this. Pray that we would become a well. Again, on Sundays, but also in our small groups and especially individually as we're doing our deal in our community. And then uh, again with, with worship as well. And then the last thing I was thinking about with a well is the point is for thirsty people to be able to get something to drink. And that's another thing that we've been praying is for thirsty people to drink. We've said from the beginning, we're not necessarily concerned about people coming here and saying, yay, Stonebridge. What we're concerned about is people coming to Jesus. And if they happen to come here as well, that's fine. And I think that's part of this prayer that we've been having the past few weeks is we want to see people who are thirsty 
being satisfied drinking from this living water. Jesus says if we drink from him, we'll never be thirsty again. And so we want to see that. My encouragement to you again is if you pray for our church, ask that we would become a well and ask that thirsty people would find water here. So that's kind of an underlying foundational type thing that I feel like the Lord is doing. We'll see how that plays out over the course of the next few months. And I just, again, encourage you, if you pray for our church, to pray uh, for those things. Now, a couple of things specifically. These are some ministry initiatives. These are at various stages of formation in my mind. We might not do any of these things. We might do all of them. But it's just some thoughts I've been having, and I would love for y'all's input through Kim. Don't give it straight to me. I'd love your input through Kim on any of this stuff. One, assimilation. This has been a problem for us for at least 15 months. since the beginning of 2010. We've struggled with this. I've talked about it before. I think for a long time I was thinking wrongly. I, was, I come from a traditional church setting, and I was thinking of assimilation in that way. You might have done this before, like Church 101 or Membership 101. You go to a class, and they say, here's the, here's the book with all the stuff we do. Figure out where you belong. We don't have a book. Because we don't do a lot of stuff. You know, we have like two things. It's an index card. And if it doesn't fit, it, it's difficult for people to figure out how do I connect with this church body. People who are extroverted seem to do okay. People who are more introverted, it's been difficult for them to really feel like they're breaking through the outer layer beyond just Sunday morning. If you happen to come the two or three weeks before we launch small groups, it's great because you're able to get into one. If you miss that, then it's kind of, well, wait six or seven more months until we do this again. And, and we're not looking to move into a place where we have tons of programs. We can't do that, and we don't want to do that. But we need to figure out some way of helping people feel like, I can connect here. If I want this to be my family, how do I get into the family? Is basically, that's what assimilation is. How do people feel like y'all are my people now. And so I've been thinking about that, and rather than trying to assimilate people into programs, which we don't have, I think the direction for us is to try to assimilate people into mission. That's what we do. And it's these three things that y'all have all heard me talk about before, Romans 8.29, being conformed to the image of Jesus, Ephesians 2.10, people doing their deals, and then the fact that we're here in Marietta. Whether you live around here or not is irrelevant. We feel like God has put us here and so we've got stuff to do around here. And again, that doesn't necessarily have to affect where you live one way or the other. It's where our church lives. And we feel like there's something for our church here in downtown Marietta. So a couple of things we've been thinking about, running uh, Strength Finders. Many of you went through that last year when we did Sway. Putting that in there, that helps with the Romans 829, people kind of figuring out what their thing is. Um, doing a service project together as a group. Um, within one mile of this building. Most of us know what's one mile that way. Very few of us know what's one mile that way. And trying to figure out, you know, where are we? Where are we situated? What is around us? Are there needs? Are there things that we can be doing as a church? Again, whether those people who we're serving ever come here or not is irrelevant, but for us to take ownership of the area where God has placed us. So what I'm looking at, thinking about doing, is twice a year running some type of probably six to eight week small group for people who are new to the church who are looking to connect in and having these components in it, talking about strength finders, helping people figure out what their deal is, doing a service project, maybe doing this thing called Quest. Some of you did that with us. It's basically the amazing race here on the square as a way of kicking that thing off. So those are just some ideas. The biggest hitch for me right now is what's next. And I don't know, I would 
love, again, not now. Run it through him. If you have ideas, particularly those of you who've been here less than a year, you might think, that's me. I've struggled to connect. I would love to hear from you on what we can do to make it easier for people to feel welcomed and at home. Sunday mornings, or I think it's probably beyond that for most people. It's where do, how do I fit in with a group? How do I meet people? That type of deal. So that's one. This next one, um, what is it? Oh, community garden. I'm excited about this. It looks like we're probably going to have to push maybe uh, till next spring. Uh, somebody had this idea, and it kind of fizzled, but it, I didn't really let go. I'd love to do it with Park Street. That's our um, partner in education. I think it fits on a lot of things. But the, the bottom line for me, with a lot of y'all um, are into healthy food stuff now and the gardening thing and all that, which is wonderful. I'm not belittling that at all. <laughs> at all. I'm just ready to go eat some fried chicken. I'm not necessarily into all of those things, but people are. And it is an issue of justice. Many of you have studied that. You know, there are these things called food deserts where there are these areas where people can't get local or fresh food. And if they can, the prices are through the roof. Y'all come to the farmer's market. That's expensive food if you're, if you're working minimum wage or an hourly wage. That's, it can be difficult for folks to, to buy that. So it, there's a justice issue involved for some folks. And it's also an issue of blessing our community. I think it's something that could get some traction, and we could actually get some partners to do that with us. So this is just the idea still germinating. I would, I would, to me, it might make sense to try these community gardens in some of our elementary schools. Those are all of the schools in Marietta City are neighborhood schools. They've got land. They've got irrigation. It ties into a science curriculum. There's a lot of ways you could do that. It could help schools that don't have a lot of uh, parental involvement. It would be an easy way for them to connect with their parents and maybe build a, a parental base for their PTA. Um, I don't know. So this is that, if, if this at all stirs your heart, this is what I would encourage you just to think about. Where could we do it? it there might be places that are better. Somebody was saying, could we tie it into must and let God, you know, maybe some of that food could go to must so they could use that to prepare meals and I don't know, it doesn't matter to me, but just some of you who you think this way and this is something that stirs your heart, love to hear from you if you have some ideas on how we could do it. The biggest issue for me is kind of it's the danger of short-term missions. You go somewhere and you do what you want to do, and the people who you're going to, they don't want what you got. You're planting tomatoes and they want to eat peppers, basically. And we don't want to do that. You know, you, we want to do something either clearly because God tells us to do it or because there's a need that we're trying to meet. And a lot of these communities that could probably use a garden, honestly, we don't have strong connections in those communities. And if you do, that would be wonderful. If you just ask, would this, is this something that would be needed? Is this something that people would want? That type of deal. So in my mind, we could go in and help folks set up these gardens, and they would take care of it. They plant what they want. They weed it. They harvest it. They do everything. And we, we just can kind of help get things started and maybe walk with people a little bit if they need a little help with that, and then it's something that we could give away. So if that's something that kind of stirs in your heart, love to hear from you. What's next? Oh, so this. I don't blog or Facebook or Twitter, so uh, or tweet, whichever that is. I do neither. So or, uh, this is not necessarily in my area, but we do think it w it's important 
for us to create other ways for people to connect. We're talking to a guy, um, have a meeting with a guy next week who maybe is going to help us put this thing together. My vision for this, and again, love your feedback, is that we could create a space on our website to connect people to people rather than all of that coming through our office, which right now that's a lot of what happens is in order to make ministry connections, I know, I know somebody and then I hear of a need and I put you all together, which is fine, but as we've gotten bigger, it's more difficult for me to know everything that's going on and it's honestly not very efficient. It would be better if people could connect directly. And so uh, we're trying to figure out some ways that we can do that that makes sense in this kind of online ministry hub. So to me, it's some page or portion of our website where we could people could connect with one another. We have some guys, y'all might not even know this, there's some guys in our church who do service projects. They help people with their yard, they help do home repairs, and you might be thinking, I could use some of that. And so it would be a place where those people who have skills that they're looking, or areas where they're looking to serve, and people who need it could connect with one another. Um, we have people that have ministry ideas in their heart. Park Street, that was something we did, Park Street Stalker last fall, and it was great. It would have been wonderful if we could have pushed that out a little bit, and Liz Walker could have said, here's what I'm doing, here's what it costs, and here's the people that I need. And then folks could have connected that way online for that versus us pushing everything through on a Sunday morning and the audience being limited to just the people who were sitting in this room. Um, small groups, you know, if y'all been here on a small group Sunday, we have 40 people who line up and give a 30-second blurb. If you miss that, then you miss hearing about our small groups. It seems like, I don't know this, it seems like it'd be super easy to do a, have each small group leader do a 30-second, hey, this is who I am, this is what we're doing, and to put that on the website, and if people miss that Sunday, or maybe in place of having 40, 30-second commercials, we could run that, and people could go back and see that, and if you miss that Sunday, you could see it, and we have some groups that stay open all year, and so the groups that stay open, their picture can stay up there, and someone who's looking for a small group can click on it and see if they think you're cute and come to your group, um, and missionaries. We have missionary families in uh, several different countries. I don't know if this will work for some of them just for security reasons. But it would be an easy way for them to stay connected to us and for us to stay connected to them. Some of you get newsletters from these guys. Some of you don't even know we have missionaries. It would be an easy thing if they did a one-minute every month, hey, this is what we're doing. It doesn't have to be for professional quality. It's just us. Throw it up there, and it's a way for us to stay connected to our missionaries. The biggest issue for me is will people use it, and I don't know the answer to that. If you have um, thoughts on what could make it more user-friendly or thoughts in general on what we're doing, in terms of all this media stuff, we don't do a whole lot. If you have thoughts on that, I'd love to hear uh, those thoughts. We're never, I don't see us ever becoming some super tech-savvy church just because, for me, these relationships are primary. And if technology can support real person-to-person relationships, I'm all for it. But if it gets to a point where it begins to replace person-to-person relationships, I'm out. You know, God didn't send an email. He sent a person. And so we, he did. And I'm not belittling at all. I'm just saying. I mean, we can't. Our message is incarnation, God becoming flesh. And so we need to maintain flesh relationships. And as media supports that and technology supports that, we want to make that happen. And honestly, we don't do a great job of that, and I think this will help. Last one. Oh, this is great. So a guy in our church um, came to me about six weeks ago. He said, I sold a business. We have some money we'd like to give to the church. I was thinking, you know great, 500 bucks, we can do something with it. And he came back to me the next, about two weeks later, he's, 
he's been saying, you know, maybe some type of, of resource center and we can do it up the street and kind of have a library. And I was like, we can't, we're not going to do a library. It just, it, not because it's a bad idea, it just doesn't work for our space. He said, we can get, a, we can get some computers in there and people can do stuff. And I was like, yeah, they can steal them. And so <laughs> we've, so anyway, he came back a couple of weeks later. He met with Kim and I and he said, and it was more than $500 that he wanted to give, significantly more. And this Strength Finders thing, again, if y'all did that last year when we went through Sway, it's a great, it's an it's a, a online assessment tool to really help you figure out how God has wired you. It's put out by Gallup. It's not explicitly Christian, but it totally gets at how God made you. We've done it with probably 60 to 80 folks, and every one of them, I would say, so I, they learned something about themselves. And this guy said, I think we need to do that as a church, and I'm going to write the check to do that. So in July, Brandon uh, Scarborough and Brandon Hutchins are going to go to Chicago and they're going to get trained as strength finders coaches uh, so that they can help us figure out, they can help you figure out what your strengths are and what those mean and how those work together. And moving forward, and this is pretty exciting to me, we'll use it in that new, that assimilation track I was telling you about. But I think what's even better is that uh, th this guy is funding this to the point that we can open it up to other leaders in our community and say, hey, come do this, and it's free, it's on us. We'll pay for your assessments. You come in, take this thing, meet with one of these two guys, and they can help you and your team grow. Uh, it's inherently interesting. Everybody wants to know more about themselves. So it's an instant hook. For It's true. It's an instant hook. Again, it's not explicitly Christian, so it kind of removes that what's the church trying to do to me thing but it gets at people's hearts more quickly than anything I've ever seen because it says, this is how you're made. And, and, and it, be, it would allow these guys and us, however that looks, I think, to really bring some benefit to, to groups in our community. I, you know, the principal at Park Street could bring his team. The football coach at Marietta could bring his coaching staff. The pastors at First Press could come over. We could, there's so many avenues that we could use, and again, because this guy's funding this thing um, up front, it doesn't cost anyone anything. We can just offer it to our community. I think it could be a great outreach tool for us. Again, not the point of getting people in here, but getting into people's hearts. We've been looking for a long time, asking God, why are we here? What benefit can we bring to this community other than eating at these restaurants? What else can we do? And I think this has some potential to really be a powerful thing. If we get this thing moving, and we can kind of get this community garden thing going. I think there's, there's some traction there in terms of really blessing our community. So those are just a few of the things that I've been thinking about, we've been talking about. They're, again, at various stages of completion, I guess, in my mind. We're moving forward on all of those fronts, and, you know, I don't, what I'm looking for from y'all, one, I want you to know, Two, I'm looking for input. Again, I'd love it to go through Kim. I'll, I, honestly, I'll just forget. Um, I have a terrible memory, and you tell me something, I'll forget, and then you'll get your feelings hurt because I forgot, and then I'll feel guilty, and it's, it's a bad cycle. So run everything through her um, in terms of feedback on any of these areas. If you're somebody, what I've been asking the Lord for is people who could really carry, the vi carry vision forward. I don't feel like these things are fully formulated in my mind. I think there's probably people out here who can make these things way better than I ever could. And so if, if God's stirring, any, if any of this kind of resonates in your heart, feel like it lines up with your deal, I would love for you to talk with Kim, and then we can get together and figure out how to move these different balls 
forward. It'd be good. So I'm laying it all out there for y'all at this point to say, please, if you think something's a terrible idea, then let us know that too. I mean, if you can see some of the holes, then I just assume you tell me now so we don't have to fall in them in the future. That would be great as well. You know, we want these things to work and uh, ultimately bring glory to the Lord. So any input y'all have, I would love that. Does anybody have any questions on anything I've said up to this point? We have one more thing to do. No? Comments? Only if they're nice. Okay. There are index cards on your, in a butter dish or something, on your table. This is what I want you to do, and then we'll be done. Again, I really appreciate y'all being here. I know Tuesdays, it's a tough pull. Some of y'all are straight from work. Some of you hadn't even been home yet. Some of y'all got kiddos to clean up and get in the bed. This is what I want you to do. Everybody take an index card. Everybody take a pen. You don't have to write your name on it. On the front side, I want you to give me two or three things that you feel like as a church we're we're doing well. I don't care. No, up to you. If you're going to be really mean, then you have to write your name. If it's nice, you can be anonymous. Huh? (laughs) Pick a side. Whatever side you write on first becomes the front. Two or three things that you feel like we're we're doing pretty well. You don't have to talk about anybody individually. or It doesn't matter. Two or three things that you feel like this is good. This is a strength area in our church. And then on the back, I want one or two things that you think, I would love if we would do this. Or this is an area where I feel like we can grow. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the industrial engineer in the crowd. Write good on one side and growth growth on the other side. Improvement. Or strengths and weaknesses. Or uh, you can make a plus sign and a minus sign. Multiple ways of accomplishing the same thing.
All right, let me give you all some closing instructions. Finish, feel free to finish writing, please, but uh, some of you all are um, done. A couple of things. There's a basket right behind Claire Mosley's head back there that you can drop your card in next to that ice bucket. We'd love to see that. Food, please grab your containers. There's Some of the lids are underneath the table. Um, Veronica Tompkins, there's a family who she is, I think, helping with meals. So if you want to leave your food, if you have a disposable container, you can leave it and she will get it to them. If you have a container you want to take home, you can just put your food on a plate. Is that not a good idea? Okay, you can put your food on a plate and we'll make sure that it gets to this family. So if you want to leave what you leave that, um, just put your food on a plate, leave the plate on that table, and we'll get it to the family. So let me pray for us, and then you guys are free to go um, uh, when you're ready. God, thanks for these guys. Um, thanks so much for who you're forming and shaping us to be as a body. Um, thank you for everybody's willingness to jump in and get involved and my prayer for us moving forward, we want to be the people individually and corporately that you want us to be. And we want to do the things that you want us to do, period, dot, the end. And so my prayer is that you would continue to speak to us, that we would continue to listen to you, and that you would give us grace to obey. God, I pray as these guys go, everything that they do in their daily life, Lord, I pray that there be a sense of purpose behind it, not just going through the motions, but a real sense of God has me here and he's using me and my job, with my family, in my neighborhood. And God, I pray as a church, we would have that same sense of purpose for being here on the square and fulfilling the destiny that you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.